Hello, welcome back. I'm Kayla Ambrose, your host, travel guide to the other side, and welcome back to the Kayla Ambrose Show. On this podcast, we talk about wisdom teachings, we talk about metaphysical topics, supernatural, paranormal, things of that nature, spirituality. Some episodes we go deep. Some we have a little fun, some we stay lighthearted. It's a little bit of everything. Like a buffet table, it's all put out here for you to partake and sample and hopefully enjoy. The old mystery school teachings say, if you try something and it doesn't taste like something you like right then, the only thing they ask is that you put it back on the table. That maybe you'll try it again later and as you've changed, your taste might change as well, and you might find it interesting. So I'm inviting you to do that with these podcasts. Some of them, if they don't feel right at the time, maybe check them out again later. They may be of interest to you on your journey as it twists and turns and you grow and evolve. You can find me on my website, exploreyourspirit.com, and sign up there for my free newsletter. Please subscribe to the podcast as well so that you won't miss an episode and you'll always be notified. You can find the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and even on YouTube if you want to listen to it on there. So check it out wherever it works best for you. Okay, so for today's episode, I'm going to try to take a very deep ancient wisdom teaching and explain it in modern terms and hopefully take some of the complicated explanations out of these terms and make them a little easier to understand. You'll have to let me know if it worked or not. What I'm talking about today is unveiling the mysteries of the pyramids. Why were the pyramids built? What do they do? Why are they important? So, to begin to explain this, you have to understand the mystery schools always talk about things in matter of energy. Energy and vibration and consciousness. They're here to explain what's up above and how it works down below. You've probably heard, if you study mystery school teachings at all, any type of wisdom teachings, as above, so below, as within, so without. They're talking about you, your higher self, and your lower self, and your inner self and your outer self. And everything has consciousness. Everything has energy. Everything's matter and vibration. So that makes a lot of mystery schools uh, really dedicated to alchemy, to understanding the chemical and alchemical reactions between matter and how it is affected on the earth plane and in the other planes as well. If you've studied alchemy, you'll hear a lot about mercury and sulfur and salt. If you're studying the higher vibration of alchemy, you'll read about the transmutations of these as energy, consciousness, and matter. And alchemists will explain to you that all things are vibrations. All forces and elements arrive in a vibrational field 
and then they form into what they are. And according to what they're made of, it will affect how they're designed, whether they're more yin or more yang, whether they're more expansive or more introverted. And as we're here on this third dimension, we work trying to master and harness these these vibrations, these powers, this consciousness. We work with it every day with our free will. We change energy and purpose and intention with our words, with our actions. And as we work inward, and we do this going up the chakras, raising our energy from the lower self to the higher self, we create alchemical changes within us as well. You may have heard a term that's used for this called the philosopher's stone. As we're doing spiritual alchemy, we're trying to elevate the physical body to help raise the soul up to spirit, up to the higher self. And that takes a lot of work to do. Now, if you've ever studied Kabbalah, you've seen the tree of life laid over the chakras in the body. If you've studied the Merkaba, the flower of life, you've seen the triangles and the shapes that are made around the flower of life. The shape of the pyramid above and below, like the Star of David, the six-pointed star, where you see the triangle upward and then you see it reverse and interlock, and that makes the six-pointed star. When you're working with the pyramid, you're working with th the power of three, and of course that's important here in the third dimension. But it also opens up the sixth dimension and the ninth dimension. So pyramids, as you've seen them, as they were built, are structures that are meant to go within. They're meant to be a spear. And as you see the energy of a pyramid, of how it actually vibrates, if you can visualize that, it's actually a tetrahedron. So it's got all those multiple points, which turns it more into a spear. And so it's moving at that frequency and rotating like a spear. And this allows a pyramid at its dimensional, conscious, vibrational energy to spin at that frequency and to move through every dimension. And so it can be in the center of all things. And it is activated here on Earth by certain things, which include water and the energy within human beings. And so the pyramids are affected by that. They are spinning at this frequency and then they are activated by that consciousness that comes from water or within humans. When they are activated and they are spinning with this energy, they can deliver and they can transfer this information. They can transfer it across the earth but they can also transfer, transfer this information through portals up into the stars, into the constellations. This is why the pyramids are aligned. And if you've seen different pyramids throughout the world, you understand these alignments of Orion and Sirius and the Pleiades. With the pyramids of Egypt being the ones most studied, most talked about. 
So the pyramids activate this spear energy and around the earth, and they make it so that it's a gateway we can connect with all the dimensions, all the way up to, like I said, the ninth dimension. And the water is the element that holds this information. And it holds many secrets, water does. Water has a consciousness that's able to hold the keys of, of this information. In recent years, you've seen studies where people are talking about the hidden consciousness of water. And they're talking about how they can speak a word and see how water holds that word or how water reacts to that word. And at the risk of making a big pun here, that's the tip of the iceberg of what water does. Because water can take so many forms and it can go from a fluid into steam and carried through the air into ice and becoming solid, it's able to hold so much different types of energy. So the ice caps that we have at the North and South Poles, where there is so much ice and so much is frozen there, contain many of the ancient secrets and wisdom that are stored there, that are kept there for that information to be accessed by those who know what they're doing. And to be able to get that information, harness it and use it as needed. It's kept there almost like a, a manual of what to do by those that know where to look for the manual. I remember one of my wisdom teachers instructing me, and he was telling me how the poles have shifted before in ancient times, and that the earth rotates and the poles reverse. And explaining that to me during the ice age and how that happened before. And he said, as that would do, the ice caps would melt. And you would begin to see many signs of this reversal beginning to happen. He said you would see this, and it was seen during the times of the poles reversing, by many shifts in nature. There were big weather changes. There were more solar flares. There were bigger storms and tidal waves. There was a lot of flooding. And there was a change in magnetic north. There were little blips of time changes. Animals would change their migration. And as the earth moved and the water moved, and there were droughts, and then ice melting in other places, civilizations that were much older would be discovered along with their relics. He talked about this time before when it happened and explained what many astrologers teach and what's understood about that time. It's a part of our history that's very old. And so it's not written as perfectly as we would like. It's been passed down through generations and multiple cultures, and they always add their part into it. And so we have to take it as best we can as kind of an overview and understand the bigger picture of it while knowing that many of the details are missing um, or misconstrued from the times and the people that they were shared with. One thing they always talk about, no matter who's telling the story, is that there were four species 
of different aliens who came to Earth. There was a group that came that some said had the energy to activate the Earth and to activate the energy with the rivers and the waterways and the tops of the mountains and to interconnect the grids. And they formed this energy that moved around the Earth and awakened it, creating like a kundalini around the Earth itself to awaken it and to give it chakras. And then there's stories of about 50,000 years ago when it talks about an ancient civilization called Mu. And then about 20,000 years ago where that civilization had grown and was known more as Lemuria by that time. Later, another group came and I'm calling them groups rather than names because there are different opinions and arguments about what their names are. So for this point of understanding, I would be remiss to say for sure if it was this name or not. I'll leave that to others who feel that they think they know the name. I'm just going to call them groups of beings that came. When this next group came, this is when life kind of, as we know it, of humanity really started to evolve. And all of this energy was gathered in Africa. All life began in Africa. And Egypt was then created as the heart chakra of the world. And the pyramids were there because they were aligned within each person. They were calibrated to be aligned with the stars above and to be aligned with the heart chakra of each person. And so when you connect with the pyramids of Egypt, you're connecting with the heart chakra of the earth as well as yourself, as well as the stars above and those who come from the stars, which we all do where we are part of stardust. The pyramids used to be activated. And what I mean by that is they were vibrating and they were making that tetrahedron shape. And they had capstones on them, which are the stones that go at the very top and make the point of the pyramid. If you look at the pyramids now, you'll see they're missing those capstones. And there are a lot of theories about where they're hidden and where they're being kept and why they haven't been put back on. When they're on in those pyramids, vibrate with that sequence. It increases the ability for consciousness all around the earth, as well as connection and communication with those in the other planes. It activates that energy where it's easier to travel between here and there, where that light-filled energy is able to be accessed. For now, we can connect with the pyramids as they are by activating our own tetrahedron, which is in the heart chakra. When you work through your lower self and you work through the ego, you work through fear, you work through um, believing that things are just linear in time, you work through all the critical stuff, no more 
being hypercritical. No more judgment. No more thinking things are good or bad. No more black and white. You work through the lower chakras. You work through lower Egypt. And then you open the heart chakra. And as you do this, then you begin the journey to access the higher consciousness. And as you open the heart chakra fully, it then unlocks and begins to spin in that tetrahedron shape, opening up. And so you're opening up inner Egypt within you. And then that begins to spill outward from the pyramid spinning within your heart through you, through your chakras, through your aura, and then begins to affect everything around you outwardly. And when you're in that consciousness, um, you are the same as the pyramids. You are emitting that same energy. So the goal now is to become your own pyramid, to become aligned to going through every situation, being in the state of energy, being in this consciousness. Part of why this is happening this way is because we are in the time of great transformation. And we go back to the other part, as above, so below, to the second part, as within, so without. We move through cycles where sometimes it's a matriarchal and sometimes it's a patriarchal. We have been in a patriarchal time and patriarchal is masculine. It means building outwardly, having to create something that you see on the earth and then using that to grow and develop. So you have to have a time like that, which we've just been through which is called the age of Pisces. And that was a very masculine patriarchal time. So you had temples, you had buildings you went to. If you wanted to try to connect with other people or what you perceived to be as God, you had to go to a house of worship, a church building, a temple. And then you had to speak to someone there who was of a higher authority than you. And that's how it was looked at, is that you had to speak to someone else who was above you, who then interceded for you. This is how it was done through the age of Pisces and how the masculine energy understands with the linear path and a very concrete understanding through the logical mind of there's good or bad. As we move into the matriarchal and we open up the other side of the brain, which is the creative side, then we understand that we're all one and there are no sides. There's all. And so each time we step into that side, we take a leap. We evolve. We become what's known as the I am. And when you say I am, you are becoming a creator. And this is the goal of this time, to step into the energy of the I am. The I am is when you know yourself and you are connecting to the eighth dimension when you say the I am. And you are then activating the pyramid energy 
within yourself. Every time you say, I am. To understand this further in modern times, look at logic and look at the logic side of the brain and the creative side of the brain. Left side of the brain, right side of the brain. And see them similarly as science and spirituality, both of which are important. We need to have both to build here on Earth. We use logic, the masculine, and that is without to build something outside of ourselves to lift us when we are in that energy. When we are in the creative and the intuitive, we build within. We go within to build within ourselves to evolve. If you go back to the time of Atlantis, that was a very masculine time. And so they built without. They built the structures that you might still even remember, some of you from Atlantis. Uh, they built society. They built other pyramids and buildings. Whereas the society before that, that first started to create on Earth, was Lemuria, which was more creative and intuitive. So the work was done within the people, setting that wisdom inside each person. And then we go back and forth because the earth plane is created in duality. And unfortunately, many people get confused and think duality means wrong or right. It doesn't. Duality means both equal, both important. Summer, winter, hot, cold, day, night, all are equally important. All serve a purpose. But when we are in the logical side of the brain, it wants to make order of things. And it's what we call the small mind. It's not as expansive. It can't see as well. It tends to lower the energy and understanding of things to try to squeeze it into a logical field. This is where we have been in the Piscean Age. We've been in that patriarchal energy. We've been outward, active, building and creating, but always looking to someone else for the answers, always looking to climb the ladder, reach up and try to become that person in authority and always believing though there's an authority that's keeping us in line. We've now moved into the Aquarian age and there are different astrologers that have different theories of when that is. I'm going to go with the one that a lot of people are agreeing with right now, which is 2012 was the move into the Aquarian. Now with any age, it's not like that year happens and the lights go on and there's a party and it's official. An age takes a long time. So it's been happening. There were signs of it in the 20s, the 1920s. There were signs of it in the 40s, in the 60s, in the harmonic convergence of the 80s. There have been plenty of signs in the past 100 years showing how we were making this change. And a change of an age 
takes quite a while. But we're going to go with 2012 as a pretty good number. And so as we move into the Aquarian Age, we're back into a divine feminine, a matriarchal time, a time of going within, when we seek within for guidance. And so with that, everything has to change. Now, this is scary for a lot of people to see everything they built, everything they thought was right, every structure outwardly and inwardly collapsing around them. This means how the earth works, how it's built, uh, possibly how politics work, how the economies work, how money works. Everything that was built as a structure begins to collapse. As well, everything built as a structure within also collapses. What you thought was right or wrong, the judgments that you had, the beliefs that you had, the religious beliefs you clung to, all of those begin to collapse as well. It has to collapse in order to see the bigger picture, in order to evolve, in order to go to the next level. You cannot hold on to old ways of believing and old patterns and old energy. You can't level up if you can't let go. And this is where all the fear is right now that you're seeing. Where there is such a fear because it has been in a patriarchal age for so long that the understanding of the connection within has not been there for many people. They have forgotten. They have forgotten what it's like to be intuitive. They have forgotten what it's like to connect with elementals or beings from other planes of existence. They have forgotten what magic feels like. They have forgotten what their own intuition feels like. Their heart chakras are not open and they're certainly not vibrating at the tetrahedron level, opening the gateways to let them go higher. So you can understand why this is a very frightening time for them because they don't feel a connection to anything else. Those gateways are not open. And just like the pyramids right now on Earth are silent because their capstones are not on top and they're not engaged and operating, if your heart chakra is not operating as well and hasn't been opened in that way, then all you have are your lower chakras telling you to be afraid and to fight and that there's only right or wrong and that the beliefs you were told in your patriarchal lifetime that have been impressed upon you in the world for the past 2,000 years are that you better be good or bad things will happen to you. You will be punished eternally. And that there's um, an old patriarchal man in the sky watching everything you do and cataloging it and you're going to be in big trouble if you don't get this right. So you can understand someone who's been under that type of instruction can have fears and concerns and have trouble opening up to more. This is what happens as we change ages. This happened when Atlantis changed. 
This is the grid around the earth and it changes. The grid is being up, updated. It's being upgraded. The entire global consciousness grid around the earth and that starts at the poles, at the north and south poles. So change comes from within and it's starting within each of us now. And I write about this in my book, The Awakened Aura, when I used to hear how we were going to move through these dimensions, move through time, and have these extraordinary changes happen to us with our evolution. And I would wonder how our physical body would handle these changes. And over time, I began to see the crystalline grids that were forming around our bodies. And I saw other cords in the aura that were opening up and allowing us to dump this toxic sludge out of our bodies through these cords. And as I watched the new crystalline structures form around our body, I realized that this, this ship, as I called it, being created around us, these cords of light, were going to hold the matter and the consciousness and the vibration and the energy that each of us exude through the aura and the chakras and create the ship around us to help lift us into these new states of being. We have been made for this. We have been preparing for this. Some of you follow astrology and some of you I know don't know as much about it. So I'm gonna to try to explain it as easily as I can without getting too mired deeply into the astrological definitions. I'm an astrologer, but I know a lot of people have told me they really don't want to know the planetary alignments. They don't want that part of the explanation to them. They just want to know, boil it down, what does it mean? So here's my boiled down version. So in astrology, we have 12 constellations. And so to get through each of these constellations, the sun's where the sun's located, it moves to a new zodiac um, constellation every two, uh, roughly every 2,150 years. So to get through all 12 constellations, that roughly takes about um, 25,000 and some years. So we look at things in those numbers and to see where things changed. And many of the stories that talk about the ending of Atlantis, that it was about halfway through this time, that it was about 12,000 years ago. And so we look at each age like that, and each one of those 2,150 years marks a new age. So it was about that time ago, 2,150 years ago, that we entered the age of Pisces. And now and we're using the marker of 2012, we're now in the age of Aquarius. And so the sun, when it's aligned and we go through these ages, it's it aligns perfectly into a portal and it redirects energy from the galactic portal. And this happened with the alignment of the earth and sun in 2012. This is one of the reasons that there was so much hubbub, if you remember hearing about 2012, it was because of this alignment. Many ancient cultures refer to these cycles 
the Greeks called the 26,000-year cycle as four ages in time, the Iron Age, the Bronze Age, the Silver Age, and the Gold. Astrologers call it the processions of the equinox. And so they look at these times as markers of what was happening and what was evolving here on Earth. They look back at Mu, which was in the Pacific, and it was a time to go within. It was Eastern energy. It was about philosophy. It was emotional. It was about respect. They worked a lot with crystals and animals and meditation and telepathy. And then 12,000 years ago, you have Atlantis in the Atlantic. And that was to go without. That was Western energy, Western philosophy. This is more of a physical energy. It's about being strong, building things, creating rules, um, and building physical structures that you can see outwardly, meaning in the physical like the temples and the pyramids. As I mentioned, my teacher talked to me about the North and South Poles and how they would reverse at times with this energy moving. And the Ice Ages would then hold the wisdom that was gathered from the water that had been put into the consciousness during these times. And so it holds the wisdom there like a crystal, just like you can store energy in a crystal that can be played later. The water itself, as it freezes, acts like that and holds the energy. So it's said when the ice caps melt, then this information, this wisdom, melts within the water and begins to announce changes that are coming. The earth is a living, conscious being of its own. And it has a presence that watches over it, that guards it and takes care of it as well. There are many that said that Atlantis lost its connection to earth. And so the planet then decided to close the global consciousness grid to Atlantis and so there was a disruption there. And without that global consciousness grid being open, it's hard to download information that's needed or to send information through the other realms. And so as this closed and this time ended, whether it was created by the Atlanteans and things they did, or whether it was just one of the cycles on Earth, no one knows for sure. But there's much thought that there was a pole reversal possible this time, or and that the ice caps were melting. And so all that information that melted with it filled the waters and caused the Great Flood the great flood that really was a, a worldwide type flood on earth. Not the stories you hear about Noah. History and historians have now proved that that story with Noah, at the time it would have happened, was a localized flood in that area. It was not a worldwide flood. 
the Great Flood was much older. You see this a lot in history. You have cultures that took stories that were overheard by people. Sometimes they were, they were in captivity and heard it, or they were working or around these older civilizations, and they would hear their stories and then take them and appropriate them for their own, putting a little twist to teach parables and, and mysteries. And so the story of the Great Flood was done like that. If you've heard the story of the Epic of Gilgamesh, you'll connect that with the older stories of Mesopotamia and Samaria and how those stories of the Great Flood then trickle down into stories of Noah and how cultures will continue these stories trying to teach their people morals and values and history, but it gets a little cluttered over time. And so it needs to be cleaned up every now and then to explain uh, that it's not literal, but more metaphorical. During that time when the Great Flood was coming, it's said that some Atlanteans understood what was happening, seeing the water rising. And so some of them moved to other parts of the world where uh, they engaged with the pyramids there and did work in other, other places and brought people to those areas. Some other pyramids were destroyed because of the earth changes. The energy afterwards then settled into where humanity began to settle more around areas where fresh water was provided. And the capstones of the pyramids were then gone. And so the Atlantean people spread around the world, those that stayed, and they brought their technology. And they did their best to try to reestablish the global consciousness grid. But it takes a very, very long time to do that. And there's the inner path and the outer path. And the planet was in that cycle of moving to, into its next phase as well. The planet Earth actually has its own growth period and evolution and consciousness that it's undergoing as well that is independent of humanities. So it was doing what it had to do as well. And so here we are now at this opposite of time from going through all those changes from 24 or 25,000 years ago. And so now we're at this point with the age of Aquarius. And so it's our time now to create a new global consciousness network and to be able to download and to transfer information. And this is where we're heading now. When you look at the age of Aquarius chart, you will see that it actually makes like a star David the six-pointed star. Those are the two triangles interlocking into each other, one pointing up, one pointing down. Another symbol of the as above, so below. The masculine and the feminine, heaven and earth, the higher self and the lower self. And again, we're starting to see some of those changes. We're seeing ice melting in the north and south poles, and we're seeing weather changes and more solar flares and 
bigger storms, flooding and changes in magnetic north. We're seeing changes in animals where they're migrating. And as more ice melts, I think we're going to see an ancient civilization in Antarctica that was never revealed before. Previously, when we were living under other influences, especially during patriarchal, it's more of a dark age. Our minds are more small because logic can only see a linear timeline. And logic sees that we are separate. And it tries to identify everything as separate and alone and independent. And it arranges things by being good or bad, negative or positive. And when we step into the other side of the brain, on the creative side, we actually can see that we're all one. We see that time is cyclical, not linear, and that we're all connected. We see that there's duality, not right and wrong, but rather two ways of viewing the same information. Perspective, understanding, and that with evolution, we understand both sides and find deeper meaning in both. This is where we're transforming right now. We are transcending ego and fear and pain and suffering, and we're working to become a creator. We're looking to step into love, into wisdom, and to have the ability to heal, to emit, and to express from the heart chakra. Science and spirituality are both important. And when we are in a matriarchal time, like the age of Aquarius, we understand. We know that we must that we must have both to build here on Earth. We need logic and intuition. Atlantis was logic, like I said. Lemuria was intuition within. In the Piscean Age, we were patriarchal, and so we built outward. And now we're moving into the Aquarian Age, the matriarchal age, where we will see within our guidance. We see that everything has to end and topple to be built new, just like Atlantis did. This is the grid that is created in the earth. It's time to upgrade the grid. These are the changes that are happening. New pyramids are being built, different from the ones that were 12,000 years ago. This time, change comes from within. The earth has 12 gates that allows us to go through to the other dimensions. And the stories say that Atlantis was divided into 12 groups, 12 tribes. These 12 were archetypes. And they belong to the six dimensions and the six spheres and the flower of life. And they were six splits from the 12 archetypes. And that these are the sacred numbers and the sacred geometry from which all things are made. And this is where the original creation began. That it was energy, it was waves of energy that then moved into sacred geometry and that then found form and matter and creation into being here on the earth plane, that we are that final creation 
of those waves of energy and light that moved into sacred geometry and then into what we know as ourselves today. There was earth, air, fire, and water. And then we became the fifth being with our matter. We are made alchemically from these materials. That sacred geometry lives within us. And it spins when we activate the chakras. And when the tetrahedron is awakened within the heart chakra and spins within us, we are able to move through all of the dimensions, including the dimensions that are activated most by the pyramid, which is the third, the sixth, and the ninth. I'm trying to take thousands and thousands of years of history and evolution and condense it into one tiny little podcast here. So forgive me for so much that I'm skipping over. If this topic interests you, there's a lot more out there about it. I'm giving you a teeny bit of what the mystery schools teach with the wisdom teachings, explaining some of this and why the pyramids were so important. When they operated as they used to do, they were a go-between. They allowed us to travel with our consciousness back and forth to these other places. And now as they still stand, they are a powerful reminder of that ability, which is why people are so drawn to them to this day. They know that these symbols are sacred, even though no one really mostly can tell them why. They feel that from when they're very young, they know that there's something very important there. And this is the outward manifestation of it. When people ask me if I want to go to Egypt and be in the pyramids, I surprise them by telling them no, that I th think it's fine as a museum to go and to tour them, but they are dormant right now. There's nothing happening there. So it would be interesting to see, but it's not where the energy is being drawn from at the moment. Now as we enter this new age, the goal is to become the pyramid from within, to create that tetrahedron energy within your heart chakra. So you carry it, you become the pyramid. You carry that energy to be a portal and to be able to visit all of the dimensions and to go back and forth and to go astral travel and connect spiritually, metaphysically, in whatever way that you would like, to be able to connect with other beings, to communicate with them telepathically, to be a portal, to be able to move through portals. This is where we are heading. We are becoming the pyramids. And this is what the pyramids allude to us and describe for us. And they point to those stars in the sky with their alignments, spinning just like the stars do with that energy back when they were activated a long time ago. There are so many mysteries still to wonder about with the pyramids. Where are those capstones? Who took the capstones down and where did they put with them? 
What's underneath the pyramids? What's underneath the Sphinx? Where is this information kept? Perhaps it won't be revealed in the pyramids, but through the ice caps as they melt. Perhaps these answers are in Antarctica, and they will be revealed as more ice continues to melt. A couple of takeaways I'd like for you to think about from this podcast is one, are you a wisdom student? Are you interested in this kind of work? My first book, Nine Life Altering Lessons, Secrets of the Mystery Schools Unveiled, covers the nine lessons that I teach the students as they enter this type of study. Maybe this calls to you and it's something you want to explore. Second, how do you feel about pyramids? Are you willing to do the inner work to open up this energy within you? Do you understand that this is where we're going now? We won't build it outwardly as a place to go. We will open it inwardly. We will become the I am. I am the energy of the pyramid. We will use this so that we travel rather than having to travel to a place to connect with that energy. We become the traveler. We become the one that moves from place to place. Third, to think about the consciousness and water and to think about how water moves around the world and that it holds energy greater than any other element. So what energy do you put in your water? Do you cleanse your water? Do you understand the reason now why there's always been talk of holy water and blessing things with water and baptizing and all of these ancient mysteries in such a way that what water and consciousness can actually do with energy and matter. Give some thought to that about water and what it may be doing for you and how important water is to you as you drink it, as you swim in it, as you bathe in it, and every way that you engage with water. There's a great amount of water within each of us. We're very connected to water. So I hope you'll give this some thought as well. Lastly, give some thought that we have left the age of Pisces and we're in Aquarius. We're now in the time of the matriarchy and the divine feminine, which is building your intuition, opening your mind, seeing a deeper and stronger connection, opening the heart chakra, leaving the confines of believing that time is linear and that things only happen one way and instead opening up to greater possibilities and that there are so many paths, as I say, on Explore Your Spirit here, many paths, one destination to get to what you're looking for. There is not just one right answer. There are many paths and ways to go. Again, and I went longer uh, than I normally do with this podcast to try to explain some of these deep subjects. I hope you've enjoyed this little quick bite of 
explaining a little about the mysteries of the pyramids. See you next week.